notice the crocuses throughout the church tucked in the snow? Where's the blue? Thank you. When I come into that, oh my goodness, oh, I love that. I'm anxious to see them poke their heads up through this white stuff, aren't you? So beautiful. Here's some here in front as well. Good. Well, let's turn to the book of Micah. I told Micah I'm going to be preaching about that today. <laughs> Micah chapter 6, the first eight verses, is our scripture reading, and verse 8 will be our text. And there's three spiritual checkpoints or areas that we need to be watching in our daily lives, and that's what we want to take from this verse, verse 8. Micah 6, in reading at verse 1. Hear now what the Lord says. Arise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, O you mountains, the Lord's complaint, and the strong foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a complaint against his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? And how have I wearied you? Testify against me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt. I redeemed you from the house of bondage. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now what Balak, king of Moab, counseled. And what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him. From Achaia rode to Gilgal. And you may know the righteousness of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and thousand rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Now listen carefully in verse 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Lord, we pray your blessing on the scripture today. How we ask, Lord, for the Holy Spirit to illuminate truth to all of our hearts. Guide us, give us the words you have us to share. And Lord, speak into our lives. I pray, too, this morning for Susan Foster, that you be with her, her time of need, and help us as a congregation that we can be reaching out to her, just guide and direct her. And then after I was finished praying, I thought of Nelson going through his treatments, so we pray, Lord, that you be with him and Joyce at this time. And Lord, any others that we fail to pray for, I pray, Lord, that you would not fail and moving in their behalf to your honor and your glory. We love you, Jesus. We want to live for your honor and glory today. In your name we pray. All of God's people said, Amen. Amen. It showed you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? But to act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. We live in a world that is rushing, rushing to judgment. Remember, as believers, we also will stand someday before God. 
But it's wonderful that our sins can be forgiven now under the blood, and we don't have to face them there at the judgment. And we will give answer for how we live, and no one will miss that appointment. No one. The Bible clearly said it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that to judgment. In verse 16 of Micah, here that we read, the prophet gives us a warning. He speaks to the prophets that have gone and followed their king's degree, the king's counsel, but have not followed God's counsel. So what does that mean to us today, living in America? You know, we can follow the law of the land, what the Supreme Court is saying, but if it does not jive with the scriptures that I have to follow, Let's follow God and do his bidding. But he warns them that unless they change their ways, he will make them the laughing stock of the world. I almost found it amusing this past week that one of our political parties would use a known man that is condemned and on his way to prison to speak truth after he perjured himself so many times. I thought, this is amazing, isn't it? They said it was the first time it had ever happened in Congress, but maybe that tells us how much more we need to be praying for our nation. So the Lord cries out against them and their wickedness, just as Alevi is going today. In verse 8, our text gives us three areas that we as believers need to look out for and to examine ourselves. And I believe that this scripture, yes, he, Mike was teaching it to his people then, but it applies to us today. All the Bible is relevant for you and I. It's a living word. It's a revelation from God to each one of us. He showed you, old man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus is talking to the crowd and he's telling them that they neglected the most important things of the law. They fell short in guess what? Justice, in mercy, and in faith. Oh, they took care of all the other little things. You know, they tied the mint and, you know, made sure all the dots for God and the T's were crossed, but they missed some of the most important things that should have been done. Friends, the longer we serve the Lord Jesus Christ, I think the more we realize how simple a way of belief and living for him to please him. Yes, the Christian doctrine has its many fine points, and I appreciate them, but the center of living to Jesus, there's three that are so important. To do justly. What is that? That's your conduct. Secondly, it's to love mercy. That's your character. And thirdly, to, to walk humbly with your God. That's our personal devotion, our communion time with the Lord. So let's consider these three areas together this morning. Your conduct. Some of you may are, be old enough to remember back in 1933 when they did away with the gold standard. Up until that point, there was enough gold billion to back every dollar there was, 
And I believe there's still a lot of it stored. I hope there is. Uh, but it's not a common item that you use in buying and selling today. I checked and when I was working on this message February the 8th that the American dollar now is worth 88 cents. Well, that's up from what it had been. In fact, since President Trump is president, I hear it gained 15%. So, good. Thank you, President Trump. This value is fluctuating, is subject to change. Uh, we may have left the gold standard, but let's never lose, leave the golden rule. You want to others as you have them, you want to you. Let's treat others the way we would want them to treat us. Whether it's in business, at work, or at school, your neighbor, your friends, our conduct should be that we should never be ashamed to give an answer for how we live. How we feel when our work and deeds are done are going to be reviewed in the judgment seat of Christ. So we need to ask ourselves this question. Is my conduct selfish? Unkind? Dishonest? Shameful in any respect? Do I deal with others as I would like them to deal with me? Well, the prophet Micah is accusing Israel here of cheating in business and telling lies. There in verses 10 and 12, he said they were given over to violence and deceit to gain advantage over someone else. Is that still happening? Pick up the newspaper, turn on the TV, and you certainly know it is. Because the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked, who can know it? 700 years later, Jesus is accusing the Jewish leaders of taking from the widows' houses, taking from them, and then the next day going to the temple praying their long prayers everyone can see and hear. I think we have to admit human nature hasn't changed. Sadly, there's been hypocrites in every generation since Adam. But don't let hypocrites keep you away from church, or you're worse off than a hypocrite. Amen? Hmm, that's a bit of a dream. But all the same, God does not accept a substitute for anything other than Christian conduct. It is important how we live, how we talk, what we do and say. You know, there may be business deals that are okay in society, but is it really God-honoring for the Christian? You know, when you buy that... If you're in fruit, you're selling a basket of tomatoes. Make sure, like I remember her from Jesse's children, Jesse always said, fill that basket full. Give them more than what maybe is necessary, because there may be a bad one down in there somewhere. That's what we're preaching about, going beyond acceptable. God's law is higher than man's law. The story told D.L. Moody when he was an evangelist many years ago. I love reading after his works and very interesting man he was. But he was preaching and after the service a man came up to him and he said to D.L. Moody, if I became a believer like you are saying, I would go bankrupt in my business. Moody said, well, go on, explain. Well, he said, I have a soap business. I manufacture soap. Everything I say about my soap is true. 
But I leave out one little fact that is so strong over time, it will ruin your clothing. It cleans them, but it's hard on the material. If they knew that, I would be out of business. He realized to be a believer, he had to be genuinely honest. Well, 1 Samuel 15, the prophet Samuel rebuked the king, uh, King Saul, for his disobeying God's command. God said, go in and destroy everything, including the animals. But what did King Saul do? He kept the best for sacrifice. That is not what God desired. Saul tried to cover up his sins by offering gifts to God. But what did Samuel tell him? The so important words, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of animals. So how different, very different, was the life of Saul and Samuel. In fact, there was a place where Samuel challenged King Saul, if he could find any part of his life and public service that wasn't given humbly to the Lord. In old-fashioned honesty, never goes on a style in the kingdom of God. Paul said in Romans 12, verse 17, we must provide things honest in the sight of all men. So let's take a time today to check up on our own conduct. How am I living before my fellow man, before God? Then secondly, is that of our character. Both Micah and Jesus said God required mercy. He's the God of mercy. Mercy is part of his character. See, justice talks about the outside of our lives, but mercy is talking about the inner part of our being. That inner part that is only known to God and to us. Notice again in our text, we're told to love mercy. I love it. You know, even an unsaved person can show mercy sometimes when circumstances call for it. Having compassion and forgiveness towards someone when maybe within their own power would be to, to punish them. But to love mercy is to manifest the very nature of Jesus Christ. Romans 12, 8, the Apostle Paul says, He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. You don't show mercy with a long face. Be cheerful when you do so, when you show mercy. Friends, God is not satisfied merely with our deeds and our outward conduct, but he looks into our hearts as to what the motive is there. Why are we doing it? This is where true character comes in and where Christ-likeness uh, counts. Remember what true character is? It's when you're by yourself. No one else is around. That's true character. The story is told of a sales clerk who was caught red-handed stealing from his company. And it wasn't long at all I guess like the or like the Mark's gospel, immediately he was called to the boss's office. Well, he expected divorce. I was caught, there's no doubt about it. I'm gonna be fired. Well, the embarrassed man was 
came into the office. He expected immediately dismissal from his job. Maybe heading to prison. The boss asked him, are you guilty? You confessed to, to stealing. The clerk stammered that he was. He had no excuse. He was guilty. Then the boss employer shocked him. He said, I'm not going to dismiss you. I'm not even going to press charges. But I have a question for you. What would happen if I gave you another chance? Would you steal again from me and the company? If I were to keep you, can I put my trust in you? Well, this man was shocked. With tears in his eyes, he assured his boss that he certainly could put his trust in him. He would never again steal from the company. So he sincerely apologized, asked for forgiveness. Whereupon the boss said, I forgive you. Then he began to explain, he said, you know, you're the second man who's fallen and was pardoned in this company. I was the first. What you've done, I also did. The mercy you received, I also received. Beautiful story. Oh, may God help us to extend mercy and second chances to others. Keep us God good for us. Aren't you thankful for the mercy of God and His forgiveness, the second chance He's given you? Listen to the words from the psalmist there, Psalm 103, 10 through 12. He's not dealt with us according to our sins or punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Wow, the abundant mercy of God. How can we fail but to be terrible and loving and forgiving to those around us, to others? You know, kindness and love has won more sinners to Christ than judgment and heaping guilt upon them ever could. They know where they're going wrong. They need your forgiveness and your love. One of the most popular sermon titles when I was a prison chaplain was that I served God in the second chance. You can imagine why. They could all relate to that. So with the help of the Holy Spirit, let's check our character. Who am I when I'm by myself? And then lastly, your walk or your, your communion with the Lord. This is the third checkpoint that Prophet Micah shares with us in this verse 8. When we walk with the Lord in true humility, we walk with finality, we walk with faithfulness, both to God and to man. And so Mike is talking about the, the communion we had with the Lord. Uh, I think that scripture says about when you lie down and when you rise up and you're walking in the way, you're sharing the goodness of God with your family, with those you're around. I submit to you that our daily conduct is our outward aspect of our lives and character is that inner aspect and now the communion is our walk. Our walk is the upward aspect. And our character pertains to our relationship with people. Our character pertains to, or no, I said it wrong, our conduct 
pertains to our relationship with others, our character to ourselves, but now communion is between us and God. Nothing is more important than an up-to-date relationship with the Lord. Everything else depends on it. Don't be like the fellow that married for 20 years and his wife finally said to him, honey, I haven't heard you say I love you a long time. Oh, he said, the day we're married, I told you I loved you, and that should do. Don't think back 20 years ago when you accepted Christ as your Savior. How is it today? Tell Jesus that you love him and want to live for him. So that up-to-date relationship is so important. Because really everything else depends on flesh. Our walk with God is the soil, it's the atmosphere, or the source of both our conduct and character. He says to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before him. I think the prophet Micah is trying to tell us here how important it is to hold true to biblical piety and true worship. I, I so enjoy our worship here. This morning, again, my heart is blessed as we sing together and share together, let's have true worship. So I appreciate our Anabaptist roots that emphasize true piety toward God in a humble way and not an outward show in worship. And that's why we have a simple worship style. Promotes Jesus as Lord. It doesn't give show to us as believers. Paul said it plainly there in Romans 12, 3, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. I did a little research on the computer. It's amazing what you can pull up. But history tells us in AD 177, there were Christian believers living in Lyons, France. Now, I'm not sure if those were Huguenots or not. That's my ancestry way, way back. But these Christians were tortured for their faith. They were persecuted. They were branded. They were exposed to the wild beasts for the gospel's sake. Yet, before they died, they humbly said, don't remember us as martyrs. Because that's a term that is only for our Lord Jesus Christ and, and men of the faith as, as Stephen in the scriptures in the early church. They said, we're just common fellow confessors. But that was interesting how they turned that. Well, I think we can be sure to know that God blessed that group of people with their humility and his presence was there with them, giving them dying grace. History tells us they died with a heavenly peace on their faces. Perhaps their faces shown as Stephen, shown as the angels. And so we do well to remember the persecuted church and these that died through their faith. When we're tempted to be filled with pride and thinking of our accomplishments that maybe we've done or even self-righteous things, Oh, may God rebuke all pride in our hearts that we indeed would walk humbly with our God. Amen? When Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, he declared that he was the least of the apostles. 
Listen to what he says in 1 Timothy 1. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Wow. That challenges, doesn't it? Paul, the great man he was, still felt he was the chief of sinners. As some people age, they remember the good they've accomplished, and you've probably heard of these awards they give out, and uh, I suppose that that's good, but let's remember why. We did it because what Jesus did in our hearts, and someday we're going to cast our crowns before him. He's the one alone that is worthy of all honor and all glory and praise. So, beloved, this morning I urge you, let's take self-inventory on these spiritual points. How are we going? With this help, maybe we can measure better up here to this text in Magic 6 8. It's a good verse to memorize. He showed you, old man, and that's old woman as well. What is good? What does the Lord require of you and me? What does he say there? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. All else, walk closely with the Lord each day, and someday we're going to see him face to face. Amen. That's the day I'm living for. Praise the Lord. The worship team is coming now. We'll close then.